Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find inside Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. Come on. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond. On Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. That's right, it is Crusader Talk. Here with you live from our Super Talk Hattiesburg studio. Available to you live on 97.3, supertalkhattiesburg.com or on demand in podcast form. I'm Caleb Hamill, joined by Josh West and our producer engineer, Will Tony. Glad to have you with us here on a Monday evening for another great edition of Crusader Talk. Got a lot to talk about today. We've had uh, great conversations regarding their soccer teams. We're going to continue that narrative as both teams had some success over the past week. We'll talk about those matches and a whole lot more with all that, but Josh, there's another season on the horizon, and it it involves an athletic event that is just so so great, so powerful, and and I don't think people realize it. It, it, I don't know how to describe it, so I'm going to let Sid Caesar tell us a little bit about it. I mean, something that that needs endurance, something that needs stamina, like long-distance running, cross-country running. I like it. I, I think we should yes. do a little cross-country flair to start off the show because the cross-country season is upon us, and we are happy to be joined by a new headman for the cross-country team, Cooper Harrington, on the phone. And Coach Harrington, man, it is a pleasure to have you on, and uh, welcome to Crusader Talk. Yeah, thank you, guys. It, it's an honor to, to get to sit down and kind of kind of talk with y'all today about cross-country and everything we got going on and carry. It's great to have you on, Cooper. And for those of you that don't know out there uh, that are listening, Cooper is uh, no stranger to William Carey, but uh, is assuming this new role for the Crusaders. And walk us through a little bit about your background. You you came from Madison Central, you know, fellow Jaguar here on the broadcast. But you know, when you came into William Carey, I, I look at the rosters for these cross-country teams, both on the men and women's side. Very small rosters. What stood out for the coaching staff at William Carey when they brought you in? Yeah, I uh, love, love that question. So, yeah, a little bit of my story is, um, you know, got had the chance to come to Carey as a as an athlete, and then um, had um, a, a great career for um, for myself, and really just fell in love with the university and and then the the city of Hattiesburg as well, and so. Um, when the opportunity was presented to uh, come on staff, and, um, yeah, join join the coaching staff and with the cross country team, uh, and I, I was so so excited. And and yeah, you, you kind of hit on it. The cross country team, um, the, the roster size is it's a lot different than you were comparing it to like a football team. But we kind of right now we're kind of champion championing the idea of uh, tiny but mighty. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that one. And uh, Cooper, for everyone out there, I don't know how many of our listeners really understand what goes into a cross-country season. And for you as a coach, it's a lot more than just telling your different players, like, hey, make sure you run this many miles this week and uh, report back to us how your time was. There's there's a lot that goes into this. Walk us through a little bit what week-to-week looks like as a coach of the cross-country team. 
Yeah, I'd love to. So you're you're exactly right. There there is a lot more than um, hey, just run faster or like <laughs> just put one leg in front of the other. Like if you want to get in the weeds of it, man, there is there's a ton of science and, and technicality that that you can you can get buried in really really quick. But kind of the day the day to day operation for us is um, we're just trying to get a little bit better every, every single day, and so. Um, trying to, um, you know, we'll start kind of the day with a skills and, and drills portion of, of practice. And, um, and then from there, it's kind of like a crescendo. We're starting out a little bit slower and then getting a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker with, our, with some, what we're doing. And then um, and kind of the, the height of it is, is the, the, meet, the fastest portion of it. And then from there, it's just kind of a slow escalation down and, and kind of intensity in, in what we're doing. Um, and so the day-to-day can look a lot different depending on what it is because we want to do um, some easy days, some really hard days, some really, really easy days, and then some that, that are in between. Cooper, this is Josh West, and you know you mentioned you made a comment about you can really get down into the weeds, which was kind of where I was going with my next question because you hit on the science of it, and we've been talking to multiple coaches this year already about the increase in analytics, the increase in technology that is surrounding athletics now, as well as the way that nutrition is playing such a part in uh, collegiate athletics. So we do have some time. We're fortunate here on Crusader Talk to have the forum to get down in the weeds a little bit because it's so interesting. What are some things that the the average person or even I would say even beyond that, uh, the average sports fan does not realize about uh, how technical this can get? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with it. Let, let's take let's take a little bit of a deep dive. Um and so, you know, I love the nutrition aspect too, because even just the other day at practice, we're we're having dialogue, and we have we have some some younger younger guys on the team, and so they're they're in this huge huge um, kind of learning curve, not just with what we're doing as far as training, but also what it kind of takes for to be successful um, in, in collegiate cross country, and so really what we're starting to do and kind of our our motto for the year or the how of our program if you will is consistency in life brings consistency in training and consistency in training brings consistency in racing and it kind of has to go in that order to be to be successful and what what that looks like is um can we get like a hundred days in a row where you're going to sleep at the same time every day and get eight hours of sleep six nights out of the week and can we get you know, 80% of your meals to be really, really high quality and recover. And even the bigger dialogue we were having was, what's the four most important things when it comes to being the best runner you can be? And everybody wants to throw in, like, training, that has to be number one, or, like, what what the running side of things. But actually, it's it's number five. It doesn't even make the top four. Top Number one is sleep. Number two is nutrition. Number three is hydration. And then number four is probably an aspect that um, I think is starting to really come into the cutting edge, at least in cross country and, and distance running. Is what's your kind of social social environment like, and are you are you stable um, as a, as kind of a person, and, and how does that translate to your athletics as well? That reminds me, Josh. We've got to get Dr. Frank Ball back on the program soon. We talked to him over the summer. He, I'm sure we need to revisit some conversations with him. Now, Cooper, for all of the us here, you know, 
we're all experiencing the same heat that you all have as y'all practice. And I find myself not running and yet still finding myself behind on hydration. How have the teammates uh, surrounding the men's and women's cross country teams been able to beat the heat and yet stay in shape? Yeah. So it, it that, that kind of battling the heat is a, a big element of kind of, of sacrifice with, with us in that, if we want to be able to run and, and and decently enjoy it, we we gotta get up really really early. And so right now we're we're practicing in the you know six a.m. ish time slot. And so that again is like well we're sacrificing um, like probably not going out to Taco Bell at nine p.m. and <laughs> uh, you know whatever that looks like because you gotta wake up at so early. Well, I, I know that I would be not fit to even begin to enter this regimen. <laughs> to not I, going out to Taco Bell, I mean, that, that, that that's what you do as a college student. It's a different lifestyle, it is. Is, is what it sounds like, entirely. Now, uh, Cooper, for us that have seen both you know, track and cross-country you know, players out there before, we, we get the difference, probably, us that are here in this studio, but you know, for the athletes themselves, there's a very different – you know, build and quality to a person that runs track versus cross country. You get to see both kinds. Yeah, you know, walk us through what it is like in seeing both sides and what the differences are. Yeah, that that is one thing that I do really, really enjoy about um, once we get to the the kind of track track season is that, and you get a wide variety of, of athletes and, and kind of what their their build is and. Um, what they're um, trying trying to do to be successful in, in their specific event. So, like a cross country distance runner is gonna have a lot different build and, and need different things from their body than like someone that's trying to throw the shot put as far as you can. Um, and, and then with with that, you also get so many different personalities that kind of come into play on on the track side of things and. Um, which is what I love about man. If, if a track team can come together and unite despite all of their differences, then like watch out because they're going to be really, really tough to beat. We're talking with Cooper Harrington, coach of the women's and men's cross country teams at William Carey. Cooper, we've got another segment that we like to spend with you to talk a little bit more in depth about this cross country team that the Crusaders have in 2023. All are about to start your season, and we. Uh, want to hear about what we have to look forward to uh, as far as the different meets William Carey has to participate in. Will you stick around with us? Yes, I'd love to. All right. That's Cooper Harrington. We'll be back with him. I'm Caleb Hamlin. He's Josh West. More Crusader Talk on the Horn in just a bit. the coaches to the student athletes and the fans that cheer them on you're listening to crusader talk on super talk hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com 
We continue our conversation with cross-country coach Cooper Harrington at William Carey. Cooper, this team has a, a very short schedule as far as, you know, if you wanted to compare it to other athletic teams across the board. You have your very first opener of the season on Friday, September the 1st, where I'll be traveling up to Clinton, Mississippi. And for everybody that doesn't know, that is a tremendous course to race on. And Cooper, did you get to go on it as a high schooler very much? Yeah, so we we had the chance to race there uh, a ton, and even um, we we would uh, go out there for some practices. And so that one holds a special place in my heart because uh, we actually, when I was in high school, uh, won a state championship on the course, and um, so a lot, lots of, lots of memories there for sure. Yeah, for William Carey in all of these different uh, races that they're a part of. Which ones stand out to you as uh, courses that you're already familiar with? Or I, I tell you what, I won't even limit you to that. In all your time racing, what were maybe your top two, top three courses that you've gotten to race? Oh wow, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a really really tough one. Um, but and one that that jumps off the page right right away, um, and and one that we're going to this year is uh, the race in Louisville, Kentucky for us, which is right at the end of September and. Um, they've hosted national championships there for kind of at every level, so super well maintained and pretty quick as well. And, and you just get a lot, a lot of big kind of competition in that moment. So that one, that one's always, always been a favorite. And then where the uh, national meet for us is is in Portland, Oregon, and and so that one is uh, really, really, really tough. Um, you're looking at going into it. Guys will have run, you know, if, let's say they've run 25 minutes for the the 8K. They're on if they have a good day at nationals, they're probably going to run like 26 minutes at kind of the best. And um, so it's it's real tough. It's true kind of cross country gritty um, course. And then kind of that final one would would probably be the Mississippi College course for me. Yeah, for all the different races that you've been a part of either as a Jaguar at Madison Central or Crusader they're always going to be questionable conditions if it's been dry you know great but if it's been wet out there on the course in the days leading up to the race there gonna be a lot of challenges do you have a, a couple memories of courses that uh really challenged you because of the the weather that was in the area before yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um, one of them is is another place that we'll be running this year, and um, that's uh, the Jesse Owens course, which is where our conference championship is going to be held. And I remember one year it had just stormed like the day before, like the whole week before, um, to the point where at the when the gun went off and the race started, people were like losing their shoes because of the mud. And I mean, that's the start of the race and. And like parts of uh, parts of the course were nearly underwater, um, so, so that one the times kind of fly out the window, and it's all just about um, competing and, and beating the guy uh, or girl next to you. Cooper Josh West again. We, so you mentioned the the challenging conditions, and I know when you know depending on what the sport is, and then I think about a sport like golf. 
the best competitors love the most challenging conditions. They feel like it gives them the best edge. They feel like it separates uh, the field. It kind of maybe eliminates a half of the field or three-quarters of the field. What are the ideal conditions when you've got a really good cross-country group? And then when does that go from being an advantage to then just being a disadvantage to everybody? What's that kind of that kind of dividing line? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think the dividing line, it really depends on the, the makeup of your team and some of their, their strengths and weaknesses and really can come down to the, I think, uh, conditions that are not maybe ideal or that you wouldn't, if you were going to chart out the perfect cross-country race and, and conditions, that, and if it's anything less than that, it always seems to favor the underdog. because It just opens up so many uh, possibilities and even cross-country race so many different things can happen from the time that um, you know you start the race to till you cross the finish line but when there's some kind of sloppy conditions I think it just opens the door for a kind of a David versus Goliath storyline to to emerge so so what so what I'm hearing is that much like football bad conditions even everything out whereas in other sports uh the tougher the conditions it can separate for the top top tier players is that correct yeah i think so and yeah i think um it equals the playing field as long as you kind of have it in your head like all right this is my chance like i'm here like i'm gonna give it everything i have yeah, I would agree that it's likely a mental game right there. Cooper, for us to now hone in a little bit more on William Carey as uh, their cross-country teams are about to compete, I feel like there's a, a big wave of momentum and, and there's a big headline over the heads of these teams over you know, people are still thinking about Lena May as the national champion uh, individual last year, so they, they are looking forward to uh, continued success from the cross-country teams. What do these teams look like heading into 2023? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. One of Last year was one of the um, most kind of special years that I think we've, we've had the chance to experience on the cross-country side of things. And um, our women's team placed the highest they ever have at nationals and then anytime you, you have a chance to have an individual champion that, that's that's really really special but i think kind of building off that we we were able to bring um kind of with the exception of lena may we were able to bring back a large group of that women's team from last year so you have some really great um kind of senior leadership and people that have have are kind of tried and tested and know what it takes day in and day out and then you have the just the right amount of, of kind of new blood in the mix and um the thing to me is that i I knew i knew this year we were going to have a chance to to have a pretty special year um just early on in that with our women's team they they have clicked and bonded so well and i've seen them just encourage and serve one another um kind, kind of in ways that i've never never seen them before and still like run really well i think in cross country it's pretty easy for there to be extremes of like you're either hyper competitive and like at each other's throats or like you're best friends but you just don't care about the competition kind of things and I think this group of women that we have is really really special and they're kind of striking this this perfect balance of like we're really competitive we hate to lose but we're like so for each other 
and we're going to serve each other and encourage each other and build each other up and be the best that we can be. Now, on the other side, similarly to the women's team, last year the men finished first in the SSAC uh, championship event, and so they're looking to ride a little bit of momentum as well entering this 2023 year. How do uh, these guys look in comparison to last year? Yeah, so we've, um, with with that, the men's team from last year, we we really, really, really championed Tiny but Mighty and that we we lined up mostly five five guys for every race. And so this year, the team's uh, grown a little bit. We have, I think, one of, if not the, the best recruiting classes we, we've ever had coming in. And so this group of guys, um, you know, I, I think kind of our word with the men is, is uh is, is stolen from Ted Lasso, but just kind of believed um, that you know some, something that's never been done at, at William Carey um, is possible. Whether that's like our highest finish ever at nationals or um, whatever you may have um, on, on that kind of scene, and with the guys, I've just seen them be really, really consistent. And again, that's kind of what we're we're trying to be about. It's just. That consistency in life, consistency in training, and consistency in racing, and just on race day, it's easy, especially especially with the guys, to be like, you need to race out of your mind and like be Superman on race day. Like, well, if that happens, that's great. But what we really need is you to just demonstrate the same ability that you've demonstrated every day in practice, and and do that on race day. Cooper, we've got about a minute left, and I, I just want to take this opportunity because it's not every day I get a fellow Jaguar on the program. Uh, did you ever get a chance to hold Mr. Hackman's snake while you were at school? Okay. Yeah, that's a great great question. I did. He, that was one of uh, one of my favorite classes and probably set me on the path to, uh, to be a biology major at William Carey, actually. So uh, – was it still Buttercup whenever you were there? I can't remember if Buttercup passed away before you got there or not. <laughs> I believe Buttercup was the the yellow, right? Right. Okay. The yes. Burmese python. Still there. Still still there. Yeah, Burmese python. I knew where you were going with that. probably yeah. have that content. <laughs> That's great stuff. A lot of memories made out there. and uh, I'm glad you got that experience because I was too chicken to get involved there. I had already seen a video of her eat before. I said, uh, I may not be the size of a rabbit, but um, I'm not even going to test these waters right now. But anyway. Well, now you know why I ran cross country. <laughs> so Butter you can run cup. away. You wouldn't have found me in the same room, much less the same hallway. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would not have happened. Buttercup. Come on. It's Buttercup. It's Buttercup. And shout out to Mr. Hackman. Uh, if you listen to Super Talk ever on the weekends and Garden Mama's out and the Birdman comes in, that's him. Uh, that's Mr. Hackman, the Birdman. Cooper, thanks so much for joining us here on this Monday. We look forward to catching up with you soon to recap some of the season. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. All right. That's Cooper Harrington from Men's and Women's Cross Country at William Carey. we got to talk a little bit of a recap of soccer and maybe volleyball as well as Crusader Talk rolls on. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. We continue here on Crusader Talk. Glad to have you with us. Josh West, Caleb Hamill with you. Well, Tony, punching the right buttons. Making sure we stay live and on the air and recorded in podcast form. We'll have it posted shortly after we conclude 
the conversations here this evening. Had a lot of activity since the last time we spoke. A couple soccer matches for both the men and the women's teams. Women still undefeated on the year, 3-0, after they got a very, very high-scoring win over uh, Reinhardt in Montgomery. And then, most recently, their game, or match, I should say, against Louisiana Christian was a nail-biter. And I talked to Clayton about halfway through the match, and he said, you realize... Two years ago, this team was in their very first year playing NAIA soccer, and they held Carey scoreless through the first 45 minutes. In that match back two years ago in the NAIA opening round, Carey did not score until the 90th minute. Nearly had an overtime match and scored with just, I don't know, say 40 seconds left and won at 1-0. And so here we are early in the season seeing Louisiana Christian here in 2023 and we're like here we go again uh, but the Crusaders were able to pull that one off then on the other side the men's team they uh, had as we understood the first loss of the season in their first game uh, 0-2 to West Alabama then tried to battle Tennessee Wesleyan in Athens and that one ended in a draw nil-nil so the Crusaders on Saturday the men's team that is they were looking for their very first goal in addition to their first win of the season, and they got it. So for the men, it, we have a couple highlights, and we'll throw those out there and then also hear some of the remarks from coaches Farrell and Owens, respectively. But uh, this is what it sounded like, the first goal of the year for William Carey. McConnell passes off right side. Carey's still with it. Shot, a tap, and a goal! Jamie Wynn puts it in the left side of the net. And the Crusaders finally had their first goal of the 2023 season. Great finish by Jamie Wynn. Just clinical in front of goal. We've seen him do it last year and opens the account for the Crusaders this year. And that happened fairly early in the match, too. That was in the ninth minute of the match. And uh, Jamie Wynn, very talented soccer player for William Carey. He gets a lot of touches, has a, a lot of shot attempts. Uh, in that match, William Carey had 20 total shots, eight of which were on goal, and two went in the net. The second one was off of a Jamie Wynn shot that was saved by the LSUA keeper, but Djukovic was able to follow it in. Great touch by Carney. Opportunity for William Carey right here. Shot, save, Djukovic follows up and scores! Juka. Puts the Crusader lead to two. And that really sparked life into the Crusaders. You can tell it on their faces that not only were they waiting for that first goal opportunity, but to get two, and that happened at the 68th minute. So moving right on into the final few moments of the game where William Carey's now up 2-0 and they can really play just keep away defense. And even if they give up one goal, you know, you're still sitting fairly pretty as low scoring as most of these soccer matches go. That was such a big confidence boost to the team. They're now 1-1-1 one, one, and one here in 2023. Well, talking to Coach Farrell before that match, I had a chance to get out there and visit with him. And, you know, they liked the way the team practiced. They spent all their time this past week working on putting putting it away in front of the net, being able to finish. Uh, that was kind of the theme of the week. Uh, they're, they're still getting pieces that are getting healthy. They still are getting pieces that are uh, getting eligible 
and, and getting stateside and getting ready to play. So this isn't this is a team that is still not complete. This is a team that's still got a long way to go in terms of being able to gel and put all the the pieces in the right places. But they feel like this is a group that when it matters, when it gets late, and when all those pieces do get in place, they got a chance to be uh, the type of caliber of team that the ladies team is right now, which is just completely dominant. Here's what Coach Farrell had to say after the match. The old adage is there's no place like home, and Coach Barry Farrell joins us here post game. And Coach, it was a long time coming not only to get the first win, but also to get the first goals of the season. What were the changes your team has been able to make since games one and two to come away victorious today? Yeah, it, it, we've been working hard in training in, in the final third. Um, loads of finishing this, this kind of uh, last couple of days. You know, we had chances there. The boys stuck it away. Um, we could have done better there, discipline at the end. Um, but overall, got to be excited about obviously getting a few goals and, and getting the first victory on the on the season. Yeah, for your team, uh, many chances against West Alabama, as we saw it here at home, to have shots on goal and a lot of shot attempts. Uh, same story here. Your team had a lot of opportunities in the attacking third. 20 shots, eight of which were on goal, and you come away with a 2-1 to victory. How about those players that were able to get in the scoring column today for William Keir? Yeah, Jamie, Jamie's, you know, what you do in training is, is kind of uh, represents in the game, and Jamie was fantastic in, in training the last couple of days, firing on all cylinders, and, and you know, for him to get the, the first goal from Keith McConnell was was excellent. And then, obviously, Jamie again with a great shot, and, and you know, Jody Djukovic finishing up with, uh, with the rebound, which I'm more excited about that, you know, following in on it. It's always good to get those second chances. Clayton, get in here. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. A uh, great win today. I think, uh, really, we saw a lot of a lot of different swings in the game. You had LSU Alexander getting on the ball uh, for spells at times. Uh, really, kind of after that water break in the first half, what did you tell your guys as as they had that uh, lead? You know, did you tell them to really kind of settle into the game, or were you still kind of pushing to, to get another one? Yeah, I think the second goal was important, and we got it. Um, we just had to move the ball quicker. You know, they they had a high line. Um, we kind of reverted to going long a little bit, which is, is you know, is, sometimes it can be good, but it's got to be done. It's got to be done quicker. Yeah. Um, so slow down a little bit the games. Obviously, you bring in the water breaks. You need the water breaks, but it does slow the game kind of down. Um, but like I said, overall, just just super excited to, to get the victory. Yeah, and LSU Alexander really, I, I felt like they did a good job of keeping that high line yeah. really for the full 90 minutes. How important was that for your guys to be able to see that one out here and get the win? Uh, really, you know, this year not being able to play through, seeing out a win, how, how is that experience going to help them going yeah, forward? Super, super, uh, super important that um, that we grinded out there. It was it was it got sloppy there at the end? Yeah. We had a lot of subs on there that, you know, just we're, we're still not the finished article, you know, and, and it's similar to last year where it took us about three or four games to get going. Still, I think we're we're going at about 65% right now, honestly. Um, we still have a few players to come in with eligibility and and um, some injury problems, but I think we'll be good going forward. And this this victory will uh, will be great for the lads. Well, thank you very much, Coach Phil. Congratulations on the first win of 2023. We'll see you around. Appreciate Thanks, it, Coach. Thanks. Thanks. Well, very pleased, Coach Barry Farrell, after the Crusaders get that first win of the season. A lot that this team is already learning in the early going and. You could tell after that loss to West Alabama that Coach Rail knew that that wasn't going to be a defining 
loss for that team. It was going to be a learning experience. Well, and and the thing that jumped out to me is that this was not a coach that was relieved. You heard the excitement. It, it was tempered, but he was still excited. It wasn't a relief. Sometimes to me, when you hear somebody who's relieved, maybe a little doubt has crept in. You know, talking to him before the game again, I keep going back to that conversation. There's no doubt. It's just going to take time. It, and this is just, this was expected. Uh, the, these type things are expected. And so they were excited about it. They were celebrating what they expected to do uh, because they had put in the work. And I, I just like the tone right now. Yes, they're 1-1-1, one, one and one, uh, but you heard it, 65%. That gets me excited because I, I didn't know what to put it on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, but knowing they have such a higher ceiling, that that's really exciting because, I don't know, there might still be another three or four matches this year. It might be six or seven as opposed to three or four with all the different pieces that are missing. But they're excited. And so they, when you lose pieces like Brandon Birmingham, guys that are just absolutely going to jump in there and put great shots on goal, all of a sudden you're having to – move some pieces around and get the right personnel out there. And for William Carey, I, I like to compare all of the shots they took like playing a game of Jenga. You keep moving out of woodblock here or there, and it's like taking a shot. Eventually, you're going to have enough of those to where it's going to all fall down and you're going to have one go in. You know, Loose interpretation there, and that may not be the best analogy, but nevertheless – if you go at it long enough, sooner or later they're going to find the net. And for William Carey, 33 shots in that match, uh, nine on goal. Or excuse me, looking at the wrong stat. But uh, similar stats there for the Crusaders. I was looking at the women's match. We'll talk about that in just a second. <laughs> yeah, those, but, are uh, real, those are real stats, by the way. Yes, those are real stats, just not to the <laughs> game that I was uh, referring to a second ago. But anyway, William Carey had so many shots uh, against all their opponents so far, especially looking back at West Alabama, and just couldn't find the netting. Now they've turned it around. They've gotten two goals against this LSUA squad, and there's a lot more that they can have go in their favor. Quickly on the women's side, uh, and we'll kind of bleed this over into the final segment as well, got an 8 nothing win over Reinhardt in Montgomery on Tuesday, August 22nd, and then came back home for an evening contest in which we mentioned scoreless through the first half. And it took all the way until the 60th minute of the match before the Crusaders finally broke through. William Carey controlling. Azarias through traffic toward the box. Shot attempt and a goal! William Carey scores and breaks the ice finally. With 30-51 remaining in the second period clock, William Carey leads 1-0. There was a lot of relief across the way. For, think about this. Women's soccer team that has scored eight goals in their most recent match and six in the one before, only have given up one goal all season, to all of a sudden be facing a scoreless tie 60 minutes into the match. I mean, that, that is, that's got to be just painstaking for everybody that came with those expectations. And then all of a sudden, finally, it just broke the tension to see one finally go in the net. And the reason there was probably a lot of relief there is leading to what I was discussing earlier when I gave the stats uh, prematurely there. William Carey had 33 shots against uh, Louisiana Christian. Louisiana Christian, meanwhile, only four shots. That's an incredible number. 33 to four. 
the Crusaders stayed on the attack. They had high pressure, keeping Louisiana Christian from getting anywhere close to the goal. I think they only had one really good attempt at possibly scoring. They're late in the contest that came up empty. But it it was still a high-intensity match, and I, I would not be surprised if Louisiana Christian makes a, a big run in the postseason. May see them back in Hattiesburg. Maybe a repeat of 2021. We'll see. But the Crusaders get the win 1-0 on the women's side and improve to 3-0. We will hear the thoughts of Coach Danny Owens after that match and then also just wrap things up with you as we'll wrap up Crusader Talk in just a bit. You're tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Final segment with you here on Crusader Talk. Caleb Hamill, Josh West with you. Josh, you still have to get your feet wet and jump into some soccer matches. You, yeah. you haven't gotten in there yet. Yep, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is the night. Looking forward to it. And then next week is a huge week. Monday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, Saturday, three in one week. There's a lot on the horizon with all of that soccer stuff because, man, the women are still rolling right along. They're 3-0. and The men are looking to improve their record, which is, again, one win, one loss, and one draw so far in 2023. We had a, a chance to sit down with Coach Danny Owens after the match. And, you know, Coach Owens is a guy that really tells you like it is when it comes to his team because he sees things – completely different. It's like Nick Saban watching college football. You can win a match eight to nothing and he's still gonna be, yeah, we didn't play our best, you know, we or whatever. But in a tight contest like what we had on Saturday of one nil, I, I think it was eye opening and I think he really enjoyed that his girls got to experience this. This is what that conversation sounded like post game. Coach Owens, a competitive battle start to finish. Your girls find a way to get that goal in the 60th minute and hold on to finish. What did it take for your girls to finally just hold Louisiana Christian from being even able to attack a majority of the contest? Yeah, it was just a matter of uh, time, and we just talked about making sure we continue to play the right way. Um, you know, we felt like we'd get a goal. Told them we just need one goal. You know, one zero is as good as, you know, three zero, four zero. So, just told him to keep playing and um, keep our shape in the back, no counters, and I thought we did a good job overall. You know, for William Carey offensively, you look at the ledger, 33 shots, nine of which were on goal. Yeah, several opportunities uh, today. Good defense, though, from this team, which is still pretty young as far as NAIA soccer is concerned. If you uh, had any conversations with Coach Ayers, what would you tell her about her team? Yeah, no, I thought, uh, I thought they had a good game plan. I thought they defended great. Uh, you know, stayed focused the whole time, never really made any mistake. It was a special, special goal from Maju. So, you know, I think uh, that team's going to compete for the Red River, and, um, you know, we could see them again down the road. Yeah, I think sticking to the game plan was a good word there. They really did a good job defensively, really made it tough for your midfielders to, to find a way forward and getting the ball to Julia's feet. Uh, how important was a game like that for your girls to go through this early on in the season? It's where they can get that experience because, again, like you said, they may see that team in postseason play or seeing another team that plays them like that. Yeah, no, we, we, it was, again, we talked at halftime of, uh, you know, not every game is going to be a blowout. We were, you know, lucky enough those last two games to get that. So I think you're right to, you know, 
takes time. You know, you, you kind of have a history and tradition of doing things, but it's always a brand new team. So uh, the girls need to understand that you're going to get in battles like this. You're going to get everybody's A game. Teams are going to, you know, really s sit in and defend and try to keep it zero as long as they can. And that we've we got to understand we're going to be good enough over 90 minutes to get a goal. Um, and just keep playing the right way. Don't panic. That's what I told Matt. Don't panic. Don't snatch at things. Just keep doing the right thing, and we'll get a goal, and we did, and, you know, we'll, we'll take it. A lot to learn from a, a tight contest versus a 8-1 yeah, to one type victory or 6 nothing things like that. What would be your biggest takeaway that you think these girls have learned through this tight contest tonight? Yeah, just belief in ourselves, belief in the team. You know, we, we got to grow confidence. Um, Again, we got to learn the lesson that we're going to get everybody's A game, so we got to be up for the for the battle. I thought we did really good defensively. We never really got opened up, um, and then I just think just being special in in those moments. We have special players, and I think those special players need to be special. Maju, you know, she's a special player, and she obviously did. But we have other girls, you know, and you get a, caught in a one v one you know dribble and score you know we're not looking for you to pass be special in those moments so just trying to teach the girls that and you know kind of help with everybody's role in those moments so the target's definitely on william carey for everybody that comes out here to face him coach thank you very much yep. for your time thank Thanks, you coach. coach danny owens here uh, those were his post-game remarks after the match win over louisiana christian lot still on the horizon for women's soccer they are uh, definitely not at their peak yet and they are still continually learning josh we have a big schedule ahead of us uh but before we get into that volleyball got their first win of the season got the win over faulkner university they're in the cumberland invitational won three to one in their matches uh big time for coach uh ronda shirley and her club to get that win uh, on the horizon for you, the Faulkner invite is coming up for volleyball. They will begin that on Friday, September 1st. First home match will be on September 5th. You want to be around for that one as they'll face Tougaloo College. Uh, elsewhere in other sports, we have, like Josh pointed out, Xavier will be in town in Hattiesburg tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Josh, that's going to be a fun one for you. Uh, mentioned cross country. They'll begin their season on September 1st at 9 o'clock. Volleyball, again, will be pl playing that Friday away from Hattiesburg. And then women's soccer will be back here in Hattiesburg. Or actually, will be actually be on the road at Columbia, Kentucky, where they face Lindsey Wilson College. That is Sunday, September 3rd. Josh, this show has flown by today. I almost <laughs> forgot. We haven't even given out the Seder of the Week. And uh, to do it quickly, uh, Maria Azarias had two assists and a goal in the game against Reinhardt and then also scored the lone goal against the Wildcats of Louisiana Christian. Well-deserved. I think Jamie Wynn may be winning a Crusader of the Week in the weeks to come. But uh, for now, i going to give the honor to Azarias. Great performance this week. Yeah, we didn't even – when did the new rankings come out, by the way? When Ooh, do we get new okay. rankings? Now we're going to have to go back and look at that. They're not weekly. They're not quite okay. as consistent as uh, other. All right. I'm ready divisions. to see new rankings. Yeah, I'm ready to see it too. Well, uh, for everybody that's been a part of this show, man, it's flown by yet again. Cooper Harrington, who joined us at the beginning of the show. Again, catch that in podcast form if you missed it earlier. For our producer, engineer, Will Tony and my co-host, Josh West, I'm Caleb Hamill. Until next time, good night, God bless, and go Satyrs. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.